Hey, midlife mama, feeling the changes with your kids as they leave the nest? You are not alone. Midlife is a time in life where you will experience a lot of changes in family relationships as you support launching kids, aging parents, and a fellow midlife spouse. And along the way, you may feel a sense of uncertainty as to your role in their life, especially as you parent adult or nearly adult kids. So first, may I just encourage you with this truth? They do still need and want you around. It's just that they don't need you in the same way as when they were younger. And second, no, life does not get less busy once they're gone. I've talked to so many women in midlife who are shocked that life did not slow down once the kids left the nest. In fact, sometimes life feels even busier when everyone is spread out and no longer under one roof. So if you're waiting for the kids to leave to finally feel like you have control of your time, I'm here to tell you, it's not going to happen. That's why you need to be intentional about removing busyness in every season. So that way, you can invest in who and what matters most. And I'm guessing for most of you, that's your family and their needs. So what's a midlife girl to do when emotions are high, home life is changing, and those ones littles are now spreading their wings? Stick around, because today we're having a conversation with Jessica Hayes, the founder of the Love Your People Well ministry. Jessica is a marriage and family therapist, pastor's wife, and mom of four. When her kids were born, she left the counseling room to start a digital ministry to help Christian moms just like you build strong family relationships and find ways to love every minute of family life. She's the host of the Love Your People Well podcast and has written a variety of devotionals and other resources to help moms in the areas of deepening their faith, enjoying marriage and motherhood, and building a home life filled with godliness and joy. And today, she's going to share one very important question that we as moms need to ask, no matter where our kids are right now. Plus, I'm guessing you'll grab a lot of great ideas from our conversation. So let's dive in. Hey, busy girl. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what he's called you to, make the best use of your time, and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? I'm so excited today to welcome you, Jessica, to the Redeem Her Time podcast. You are an expert in an area that we talk about a lot as we're looking at our with God life, and that is the area of family. And I just want to let you give an opportunity to introduce us to yourself and to your family. Tell us a little bit about who and what is filling your time in this season in your life. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am passionate about family and mine is very busy like many of ours are. Um, so I am a mom of four, four under four actually. And so they are little and they are tornadoes and they're crazy. And, um, I stay home with them and have a digital ministry. Um, I've been a marriage and family therapist for over 10 years. Um, but I stepped away from the counseling room to be home with the kids. And so now I try to minister online and help women. Um, my husband, Kelly is a pastor at our church. He's the family pastor. (laughs) So we have a lot of focus in our life on equipping parents and loving on kids. And how do you teach them? And how do you, you know, raise them for the Lord and move through life together and not just as individuals who share a roof. And so that's, Hmm. um, that's really all of my time right now goes to some online stuff to help other people with their families. And then a lot of time at the church and at home with the kids trying to keep everyone fed and sane and still learning and growing. Those were the successful days back in the day. Remember, if I can get the little people fed, bathed where they need to be and back in bed and everybody, you know, survive the day, that was a good day. So, you know, I love, I love looking back at that. And I just want to say, wow, you've got a full-time job, right? Being a mom, you've got, you know, a business that in ministry that you're running as well as ministry that's happening at church and supporting your husband. You know, there are, we all have a lot of things that, that we juggle. And yet I love that even though you're in the throes of all of this, I mean, four under four, my goodness, you know, my audience were, we're a little bit past that season. So I want, you know, I want you guys that are listening to think back to what it was like when you had kids under four and imagine what it would have been like to have four under four, right? Like that is just, you know, a lot on your time uh, for sure. So, you know, you're not only in the throes of all of this as a mom in that stage, but you're also helping other women in whatever stage they're at, right. With their kids and stuff like that. So how did, how did you kind of develop that passion for coming alongside other, other women and helping them to be intentional in their families? And I love how you said it, like to not just share a roof, um, tell, take us on that journey a little bit. Yeah. Um, well that started really my passion for family work, family therapy, um, started way back. I mean, well before I was married or even thinking about, you know, that part of life, Um, But I had a job where we were doing some research and a big part of my job was interviewing families who had kids with serious illnesses, chronic illnesses, and hearing their stories of how one person, you know, this little person with a problem was impacting everyone else Mm. and what they did and what they didn't do and and just how interconnected everyone was. Um, That was really the Lord's wake up call to me that like this, this relationship piece is something I'm passionate about and something that I wanted to pursue. And so I pursued that professionally for many years um, and really enjoyed that. I mean, it's a, it's a lot to be in a counseling room with a husband and wife or a parent and child, like the more people in the room, the crazier it gets, but also the bigger, the reward, you know, you can actually see an interaction change. And I loved that. Um, And then when I had my own kids and came home to be with them, um, that was really a wake up call from another side of just realizing how much the head knowledge matters, but living that out when, Mm -hmm. you know, my emotions are crazy or I'm not getting enough sleep or 
there's 50 things on the to-do list and there's only time to do 10. And what am I going to pick? Like living it out became not, I don't want to say more difficult, but just kind of realizing the real life challenges of that. And so that really drew me into broadening that ministry to try to, to try to really help moms love the moment that God is giving them today, whether your kids are little, big, out of the house, like you're still a mom, you know, whether your husband's working full-time or he's retired, you're still a wife. And so how do we embrace the moment God is giving us today and invest in those relationships, even as they're changing so that we can actually enjoy these people who we love so much, but you know, emotions get in the way. Communication is tough. There are plenty of things that try to get in the way. And I love helping people work through those issues so they can connect with their people. Yes. And what I love is that as you're living this out, it's not just book knowledge. It's not just theory, right? Which is often where we start. I was a teacher uh, when I first came out of college. And I remember having parent teacher conferences with these parents and thinking like, I'm not a parent, but I'm telling you how to parent, (laughs) you know? And so it was when I had my own kids that I started really realizing, oh, this is what they were talking about. Oh, wow. This is you know, what they were facing or the challenges that were coming up that I wasn't aware of. So I think it gives you a a depth of experience to really be able to speak from. Um, And I love your focus on the moment, right? Like we talk about time, of course, this is redeem her time. So that's our topic, right? How are we investing this time? And time is this elusive thing, right? It's so hard to put our fingers on it. And yet it always feels like it's going running through our fingers. It always feels like it's going so fast, right? And I have a marble sitting behind me on my on my desk that is for the moment we're in. I, I actually have two jars, right? So my my vision is to live 100 years. I had one grandma that lived to 102, one that lived to 98. So I figure if I split the difference, I'm going for 100, Lord willing, right? Uh, he may give me more, he may give me less. I don't know. This is just my way of making time tangible. So I have two jars. One is the years I've lived. One is the years yet to live. And then I have one marble sitting out and that's the year I'm in. That's the moment, right? And that one sits out because it's that reminder. This is the only piece of time that I have in my hands and I can do anything with. I can't do anything about the past years. I can't do anything about the present, right? I mean, I'm building towards that, right? Obviously, but I can't actually physically touch those. And so let's kind of dive into this. Like, how do we embrace the moment? Because my audience is, she's in midlife. So Midlife can be anywhere from like late thirties to, you know, kind of getting close to 60. And so we may be in different seasons. We probably don't have four under four unless we, you know, like kind of had a second round of kids or adopted or things like that. But we're, we're working on this, like trying to work myself out of a job in a good way, right? Like to launch kids out of our house. Um, so how, let's dive in a little bit to maybe some of the struggles that we feel as our kids are getting older, as we think about them starting to leave, as they do start, you know, leaving the nest and doing that, like, let's talk about some of the challenges that, that happen, uh, in that sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, there can be so many challenges. Um, and I will say I am right in your audience. I am over Mm -hmm. 40. Ah, see, um, yeah. <laughs> hitting 40 with four under four. I probably did a podcast episode about that. I don't remember. Um, but I think it's interesting how a lot of times it has more to do with our stage of life than with our physical age. Exactly. Um, because I have moms in the same season as parents who are, you know, 23 and they have two kids. And um, 
And yet we are very different because of our life experience. And I think that that life experience is Mm -hmm. one of the things that can make it difficult to live in the moment because we all go through life with the ups and the downs and the good and the bad, but so often we're reacting to what's in front of us today Mm. based less on, you know, this actual conversation with my husband or this actual text message with my son or whatever, but it's more connected to our history together. Mm. You know, my husband has been not a great communicator for 20 years. And so I can't really trust him in this conversation, even if he's being fully honest or, you know, maybe there's some conflict in the past with your son or your kids, or, you know, you've, maybe you were a helicopter parent for so long and now they're rebelling. And, but that means that today I am going to interact with them in part based on that past experience, which as you said, we can't change that, Mm. but it influences us. It influences how I think, what I expect, what I'm assuming, like what conclusions am I jumping to in my own head? Um, And so that is often a really helpful piece to live in the moment is to try to do a little digging. And maybe this is a time of journaling and prayer um, and just kind of asking questions, you know, why am I reacting the way that I am or struggling in the place I'm struggling? What kind of what's under the surface there or what's in my background there that again, I can't change the past, but understanding that can now shift how I think about it today, that I can realize, oh, maybe I'm not reacting to this, but I'm reacting to the past. And I could say something different or try something different that helps me be in this moment and not the past moment. And so that, you know, that lived experience, we carry it with us for good or for bad. We have that baggage, that backpack that we're carrying around that shapes how I'm going to interact with people today. That's such good insight because we talk a lot about like, we notice something on the surface. We notice a problem. We notice a need. We notice something needing our attention. But if we don't really dig down to the root of that, like where it's coming from, we can maybe smooth things out on the surface and make it look pretty or make it look like it's, you know, glossed over and and all of that. But like what I hear you saying is we want to get down to really what's the root of that? Where is this coming from? And when I can dig out the root, now the changes that I make are going to be, you know, intentional. Uh, So that's such a great, you know, reminder of that. And you're right. Like what, where we are now is a result of the choices we've made up till, up till today. Right. And so we can't go back and change those things. And yet, especially if they've been negative ones, we don't have to let that impact today and moving forward. Right. We have a choice in this moment to say, but how do I want, and more importantly, how does God want me to respond right? In this relationship, in my family. And I think midlife kind of brings some of those things to the surface because there's, when there's so many changes happening, then I think there's just all these open spaces for things to pop up that maybe it's been, you know, kind of ignored or, or, or pushed down, you know, a little bit. And it, it feels like here's what I hear. And here's, I've experienced this too. We, when kids are little, right. So the stage your kids are in, there are a lot of physical demands, right? You're, you're, you know, literally, you know, dressing them, feeding them, bathing them, all those things. And then, you know, they start being able to do those things independently. And I think we have this expectation, well, when the kids grow up, then, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, put loose and fancy free, or there's not going to be all these demands on my time in relation to, you know, in in relation to my family, it's going to be so different. And yet I hear so many women say, 
I feel like my life is busier and more demanding now because it's not the physical stuff. It's more the emotional demands. Right. So like, yeah. So I feel like that's a place then now we're trying to balance, you know, the emotions of I'm launching kids and what that looks like. And I've got parents who are aging. What does that look like? Because now those roles are starting to reverse. They were the parent, we were the child. And now maybe we're starting to do more caring of them. And then we're trying yeah. to take care of ourselves and our marriages and, you know, family is like this, <laughs> this arena where so many changes are happening, you know, in this season. So we don't want to stay in a, you know, in a, I'm carrying my heavy backpack of all this weight and, you know, and, and not enjoying embracing the season. So let's, let's kind of, you know, move into like, how can we start growing in this area? You know, here, we're not about just great intentions. We're about, uh, you know, really ha- taking intentional action. Um, yeah. and, do, and, and it starts with our, our heart and our minds and shifting that. Right. And then that's going to come out in our actions. So kind of, you know, help walk us through this woman who's in midlife, whether her kids are all, you know, still littles like yours, or they're starting to leave the nest and things like that. What are some things that we can start doing or thinking about that will start shifting, you know, like, and, and right. really letting this be a, a beautiful part of this season of life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that about your show that you're very practical, you know, it's nice to have insight, but unless I have something to do, then are things really going to change? We have to ask that question. Um, And I think there are a number of things that women at this stage of life, this kind of midlife, the kids are getting older, they need me in a different way. Um, And a lot of times from a career perspective, and maybe that's your career, maybe that's your husband's career, or maybe it's both. A lot of times by midlife, we're, we're kind of hitting that peak, mm. which is great financially for many of us, but with a promotion usually comes more time commitment, more responsibility. So usually the home life is shifting with what is my job. The job job is often shifting. Um, and as you said, the parents, like uh, you might be very connected with some volunteer roles and a lot of times our responsibilities increase as our season of life moves forward, um, which can be wonderful and totally overwhelming at the same right? time because God doesn't give us more hours in the day. He just equips us in a different way for the new season that we're in. And so some practical action steps that I think are helpful at that season. Um, one place to, that's helpful to start is to be purposeful and do some self-assessment around what are my true values and priorities in this season? Because it's probably still true that, you know, okay, my motherhood is a priority in my life, caring for my kids, loving on my kids. Well, what does my 15-year-old need from me that my five-year-old did not? Mm. Um, As you said, much more emotional. The social life, of course, is far more important. You're preparing for college or work or moving out or getting a roommate, got to teach them how to do laundry. Like there's so many life things that are changing. And if we can actually take that moment to, to reflect and be, and clarify for ourselves, okay, what are these priorities and what do they look like in this season? Um, Part of that is what do I need? My diet might need to change because I'm hitting menopause or, you know, different things for me personally, my time with the Lord hopefully looks different now than it did when I was 20. Um, But what does my child need? What does my husband need? What does my parent need? Getting some clarity on those priorities um, can then help us 
say yes to the right things and no to everything else. I love and that. <laughs> we talk about how do we lovingly say no to the things that are distracting from our greatest priorities? Because there are a lot mm-hmm. of good things we could do or we feel we should do, right? And if we take them all on, then we're not able to be fully present with especially right. people that matter most, which is going to be inside of our family unit. Right. right. Love that reminder. Thank you. And for a lot of moms in that season where you've got the teenagers or the young adults, their friend group, of course, is probably at least feels more important to them than their family. Technology, I'm sure they know more about technology than we do. That's just the reality of these digital natives, as they call them. And so sometimes it's a matter of saying no to our kids or clarifying our boundaries with them as they get older. Um, Now you may have, well, you certainly do have less control than you did when they were five and you could probably physically pick them up and carry them where they (laughs) needed to go. And you probably can't do that anymore. Um, But considering what does our family time, our family boundaries look like, Uh, Whether that has been a strong suit in the past, maybe you've always had that Friday night movie night and that's just a built-in part of the routine, or maybe it's something new, but not being afraid to sit down with your kids, sit down with your husband and explain, you know, these are the priorities. These are the things that I think are important right now. We need to work together to make that happen because if everyone has their separate activities all day long, well, now mom's job is a chauffeur instead of. Uh, you know, an emotional sounding board or a friend or, you know, that, that more emotional connection. And so um, a lot of times what I see help women in that season of life is to get that clarity. Like I said, what is truly, what do people need right now? What do I need right now? And then that can clarify where is my yes versus where is my no, but also for my family, what does my family maybe need to say yes to? or no to? How does that shape our time, our commitments? Mm -hmm. Um, Because the more you can have a family, you know, we're all going to go do this volunteer thing together, or someone has a soccer game. Well, we're all going to go, even if we hate soccer, because we love the person who loves the game and is in the game. And so trying to streamline the family schedule so that there's more time together Mm. and setting some boundaries. Maybe there's, you know, screen free after 8 p.m. or or whatever those boundaries look like in your house. And your kids are often old enough not to enjoy maybe those boundaries, but to have the conversation and treat them a little more like an equal of explaining, this is why I want this to happen. This is how it's going to impact us for the good. Yes. And then you have to live it out because, you know, they're always watching to see, did you take away my phone, but you're on your phone? Well, that right. doesn't work as well when your kid is 16 or even 26 as it might have when they were younger and you could distract them. Yes. And what I find is if we don't like actually intentionally block off that time to do those shared experiences with our family, that time just fills with something else. And it's so easy for you know, weeks, months to go by and you haven't had a date night with your husband or weeks, months to go by. And, you know, your teenage, you know, your last one, I had, our daughter was, you know, kind of here by herself for four years because her brothers had already moved on and, you know, it'd be easy for her to be in her room doing her own thing or on a screen while we're, you know, sitting in the living room or something like that. And, you know, how do we intentionally like create that space and say, Hey, 
Friday night, right? We're going to, this is going to be family night. And what I love is they're at an age, you know, if they are still at home that we can ask, like get them in on what those plans are. And that will hopefully get some more engagement rather than us just saying, this is what we're going to do. Um, But you have to have that intention to make it happen so that people are, you know, they kind of know that's coming, right? If you, if you try to, you know, just drop on your teenager, Hey, tonight we're doing this, you know, and they already in their head had whatever they were going to do. It might not be, you know, met with uh, yes. you know, things or even my husband, I'll, I'll kind of keep hinting the couple days up till date night that week and just be like, Hey, I'm really looking forward to date night on Friday. We're going to this, or what do you think? Should we do this or this, or should we ask this person? And then it's putting it in his head <laughs> so that yes. when that time comes, he's not like, Oh, well, shoot, I had a project I was working on, or I committed to go help a friend or whatever. But yeah, having that intention and bringing that into that process, um, I think is really a gift of this season. Um, because yeah, there is a little bit more of that. We can have that conversation back and forth, like you said. Yeah. Well, and even what you're describing of, of the, um, you know, talking about it in advance, kind of setting the stage in a very gentle, you know, it's not a conversation. It's just a little drop here and there, but that can actually help us to, as we're talking about, as to, to enjoy the moment, Mm -hmm. um, because it's on our mind now Mm -hmm. throughout all the other busy, crazy things we have going on, this thing that we are looking forward to. And a lot of times people find if I'm, you know, let's take date night, you know, I'm talking kind of mentioning it throughout the week because I'm excited about Friday. Well, by the time Friday comes, I'm actually excited about it. I didn't forget. It -hmm. didn't like, you know, the the reminder popped up on my phone and now I say, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. But I've had time to anticipate and think about what I want to do and get excited about it. Um, Now, of course, you don't want your expectations to be unrealistic with, right. you know, this is not going to be the magical night that saves your marriage or something, but, but it can be a time where you are more present in the moment because you have mentally and emotionally prepared for it ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times then, you know, if you're mentioning it throughout the week, you're also probably noticing, you know, wow, my husband looks really good coming home, you know, from the gym or wow, let's have a little conversation right now when normally we might just turn on the TV at the end of the day, because I'm looking ahead to this thing that's coming. And so it can change our interaction in this moment, as well as really help us enjoy that event or whatever it is, because we've been kind of preparing for it as time went on. Right. And don't you think sometimes our families get the leftovers of us? You know, we put on, you know, the happy face, we put on the full presence or whatever with whether it's our business or our job or other people that we're serving throughout the day. And then it gets to the end of the day and we're just like, you know, I'm done. I'm spent. And I found that sometimes, you know, it was easy for me to fall into not really paying attention and being as intentional with them as I was with other people. And, you know, there were some hard conversations around there and God did some, some work in my heart to say, this is your, this is a priority. And it doesn't mean you can't do these other things, but you're intentionally making space and and putting those healthy boundaries around some family things so that you can keep those other things, you know, from coming into that time. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So as we grow in this, as, as we evaluate, I love this, you know, assessing where we are, what our family, you know, stage is regardless of our age, what the needs are, what we need, You know, I always say, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So especially as moms and wives, sometimes we just, you know, we try to do that. And then, then of course, they're getting leftovers or drips because there's not much left in our cup, right? 
So like, how does this start changing things, not only inside us, but, you know, around us when we get really intentional about how we're pouring into our families in the season that we're in and, and, and really embracing those moments? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because we don't want to put in the work and then feel like what, what's happening? You know, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. changed. Um, <clears throat> and I think, I think a lot of it comes back to our mindset and expectations. Um, because just because I have gotten clear on, you know, what does the Lord really have as my priority right now? What is he calling me to as a wife? What does my husband need? My kids need these things. That doesn't mean that the other people in the family have been doing that work. And so they may not really be as aware of the strengths and the struggles that each relationship is facing at the moment. And so having some humility there and kind of some realistic expectations can be helpful um, and not trying to overhaul everything, right. which can be so tempting when we see 12 things that we would like to be different. Yes. If you try to change all 12, they are not going to go very far. You're going to get frustrated. You know, then you feel like you took some steps backwards instead of taking steps forward. And, and that can be really hard because these relationships are so important Mm. and we feel that. And I think especially at that season where, you know, the kids are launching, we feel that urgency to get every single moment with our kids and they all need to be magical. And we need to have a big conversation every time. And I need to prepare them for everything life's going to throw at them but you can't, you know, that's, so just that sense of doing the work and being prepared, balancing that with some realistic expectations, where is everyone else at? Um, And ultimately that's just holding our hands open to the Lord that he's got this and he can restore and strengthen and redeem our marriages in ways that we cannot. And he can protect our kids and guide them through young adulthood in ways that we cannot. Um, and so sometimes that means just more prayer instead of changing something in the relationship. And, um, but a lot of times what I have found, especially in family counseling, sitting down with people who are struggling, of course, if they're coming to counseling, they're struggling in some way is that one person changing what they're doing or saying or how they're interacting does have an impact on everyone else, Mm. whether they want it to or not, whether they're aware of it or not, it just changes the dynamic. And so um, that can be so empowering and encouraging. I think for us as moms and wives, when we're in that season where not to say we're responsible for everything because we can't carry it all on our own shoulders, but to realize that even a small, you know, I want to change 12 things. Well, I'm going to pick one and I'm going to take ownership of what I can do because I, no one else, I can't control them, what they do or don't do, but I'm going to compliment every person in my family once a day, or I'm going to call that friend that I'm always frustrated because she never calls me. If I want to talk to her, I'm going to call, I'm going to initiate. Yeah. And then, you know, we can get that sense of ownership. We can make something happen and that will change the response that we get simply because we've changed the the dynamic, the back and forth, the interaction. Um, and so I, I know that can, I think to so, in some ways that can sound discouraging. Like, oh, I can't change everything. I can't make everybody else suddenly start doing the kind of quote right thing or, you know, changing in the way I want them to. 
But I would hope that that I have found that that's much more empowering and encouraging because I can change myself and just zeroing in one thing at a time, one step at a time. And those steps build on each other um, to the next stage of life where now, you know, we want our kids to call. We want to enjoy that time with our husband once we're empty nesters. Um, We want things to go well in the next season. And so just one step at a time is really the best way to get there instead of trying to do it all or put, uh, put all the pressure on other people. Yeah. That's such great advice. We talk about that a lot, right? There are a lot of things we can do, but just like you said, if we try to do too many things and overhaul them all at once, then it's usually not going to last long or it's not going to be received well because they're like, Whoa, like what happened? Mom's like overhauling everything these days. Right. So I love that, you know, and, and, and here's the thing when we do the work in our hearts first, right? Not just, you know, putting a date night in the calendar, but when we get really in here about why these things matter and what God is calling us to and, and all of that, it comes from a different place. And like you said, that has a ripple effect and they start to get drawn into that, right? Because they're seeing and feeling that value that we're placing on that relationship and on who they are and the the time that we're intentionally carving out, right? We can tell what someone's true priorities are. Somebody can say, my family's one of my top priorities, right? My family is my top priority. And then you look at their calendar and go, really? (laughs) Like yeah, time is saying something else, right? And so it, it, it speaks that to our family too. Like, am I really important or is your business more important? Now, again, that doesn't mean that we don't go, you know, work a job nine to five or work on our business or work on ministry or whatever those things are. But when I'm with my family, am I with my family or am I sitting there with my laptop, you know, kind of half engaging with what's going on. Um, and, And they feel that, right. They sense that and they know where the priority is. So I love this. I, I mean, we could just keep going on and on because this is an area that you know, we're all in such different places, not only season of life, but just dynamics and things like that. And, you know, so it's an area we always want to be taking before the Lord, really seeking where, what he is saying, and then obediently taking, like you said, one step at a time. So for that woman who's listening, who, you know, is like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to start taking one step at a time. Um, what, where can she find some resources uh, that can help her uh, to really, you know, have this intention in this area and, and do some of this work. Yeah. Um, well, I'll mention one of my resources, Perfect. <laughs> um, at love your people. Well, that's my, uh, podcast and ministry. And I'm a big fan of resources because I, I like something tangible. I like something right. visual. Um, and I, I have several free resources on the website, but the one, as we're talking this through, the one that I think would be most helpful for your audience, if they are feeling this, this, this urgency, you know, things aren't where I want them to be, but how do I change it? How do I take that one step? Um, I have a free ebook called building your mom toolbox uh, that just walks through five tools or skills to have kind of in your back pocket. And there are worksheets to go through and, and a lot of those visuals to help think through, you know, what are, my priorities, like we're talking about, and how can I zoom in on where I might be able to create change? And how would I do that? Um, And so that I mean, whether you're a reader or not, yes, it's an ebook. But like I said, there's a lot of like kind of worksheets along the way. Um, Very user friendly is the goal. But that's purposely designed to be a resource, just like we're talking about that is kind of a very simple 
straightforward way to get the ball rolling and to start to see some momentum. Um, and so I'll send you the link. You can put that in the show notes, but again, that's called building your mom toolbox. Um, and then I have some other, like some devotionals and things that tackle specific topics like Mm -hmm. managing anger or -hmm. communication, because we each have a different, you know, a different big rock in that backpack that's making it difficult today. Um, and whatever that issue is, just getting that time with the Lord to wrestle it through and read his word and um, adding, you know, 20 minutes into your morning routine to get in God's word and journal a little bit like that's totally free. And that is mm. one of the best ways I think to start seeing momentum because you get a little quiet, you're inviting the Holy spirit in and he's going to work. I mean, he loves relationships. He created us for relationship with him and relationship with each other. And so whether it's a a big fancy resource, like I have a book or I have a devotional or whatever, or just sitting down with the Bible and a notebook and a pen, you know, he is going to speak if we are willing to ask the question and listen. Um, And that we might not like what we hear. It might, you know, push on our pride a little bit or something like that, but he's going to say exactly the right thing. And, um, and that's the best way to move forward. Yeah, there might be some conviction, but that pruning is a great process because then we can be more fruitful. And I love this idea of building up our mom toolbox because I feel like when I was a young mom, right, I wanted all the tools. I want to know how to help get them to sleep through the night. I want to know how to potty train them. I want to know how to get them to obey. I want to know how to get them to do their chores. I had so many tools in my toolbox when my kids were little. And yet I think we get to this season of life where we're starting to think about, you know, them leaving or they are in that process and we're not equipped, you know, the tools that we once had, right? Like don't really, you know, maybe they just need to be revisited or maybe we just need some new tools. So I love this, like, yeah, in whatever season of motherhood, even even when I'm a grandma, I'm still gonna wanna have tools in my toolkit to be the mom to my kids, to be the grandma to my grandkids, right? To be Lord willing, a great grandma, you know, one day and and have those tools to intentionally be able to build into their lives and build this legacy. So I want to encourage you listening, you know, whatever season of motherhood you're in, regardless of your season of life, like to build that toolkit, because family is this thing that really does matter. And, um, and we want to be wise stewards, right. Of it and investing in that. So thank you so much. And if you're listening, hopefully you're already a member of the redeem her time community, where we always take this conversation on the podcast and talk more. So I'm going to be inviting um, Jessica into the community where we'll have a specific question about what's that one thing, right? What's that one thing you're going to do based on what you heard on this episode and hold each other accountable there. And it's also a great place for you to get to directly ask her some questions, right? So if you have, you know, some unique situations or some more general things that you want to ask about, I invite you to, to get inside of the Redeem Her Time community. It's free. Um, and this is where we talk about being intentional with our time, not only in our family, but also in the other, uh, the other eight key areas of our life so that we are stewarding our time well in this season that we're in. So thank you so much today, Jessica, for all that you've shared with us today. I know it's going to be a blessing and I encourage you if you're listening and you're thinking of somebody that would really be blessed by this conversation, share this episode with her because that's how we grow and that's how we have a ripple effect and help those that we love to do the same thing. Uh, And so as in closing, I always like to ask my guests this question to get into your heart and calendar. So when what's one thing that you're committed to giving time in this season in your life? Oh, yes. Um, 
you sent me that question in advance. And I realized just yesterday I sat down with the Lord and mapped out like 10 things I want to do, ah. you know, before the end of the year. And that's different than the question you asked. Um, so that was helpful to think about. If I could only do one thing right now in this season, the way my schedule looks. Um, and really where I landed is I want to play more with my kids. I mean, they're, they're little, like I said, four under four. Um, and so there are a lot of chores and there's a lot of things to do and that can easily fill my time. Um, but being intentional every day to sit down, put all the stuff down, sit down and read a book or color something and, um, get that time with them, even if it's a short bit of time. Um, that is definitely something that I want to be intentional about in this season. I love that. You know, I remember my boys would want to play Legos and that was just not where my brain goes, but sitting down and letting everything else go to spend that time with them was so important. And yet in this season, even with them out of the house, there are shared experiences they're still looking for, you know, and wanting. And so I just encourage anyone listening, no matter whether you've got, you know, littles um, in this season, or you've got, you know, ones that are grown, or you already have grandkids, like, yeah, we need to come back to that plane together because that, that gives us the shared experience and the joy together. So thank you for, for that. And I'll be, we'll be praying for you as you, um, as you intentionally give that time in this season in your life. So thank you so much. Appreciate you and look forward to the conversation that we're going to have over inside the redeem her time community. Yep. That sounds great. Thank you so much. And this is why I love bringing on experts in the eight areas of attention to help us really think through what we're called to in this season of life. So did you hear her key question? In case you're multitasking or you need to hear it again or write it down, here you go. What do they need from me now? What a great question to ask, whether your kids are still home, in college, or off on their own, because you'll always be their mom. And like I said earlier, they still need you. And I hope this created a healthy sense of urgency to not give your time away to less important things and miss out on opportunities to love your people well. And like we often say around here, we're not just about good intentions. So once you take the time to reflect on that question for each of your kids, it's time to do something to show them how much you love them, right? So here's today's community question. What is it that your kids need from you now? And what is one step you'll take to love them well today? I love getting to have conversations after the podcast with other like-minded women in midlife so we can support and encourage each other. So come over and share your answer with us at redeemhertime.com forward slash community. And like you heard, I'm inviting Jessica to come join us inside the community so you can ask her your questions too. And as an intentional mom in this season, don't forget to grab Jessica's free ebook to build your mom toolbox. That way, you'll have some new skills to reconnect with your family when you're feeling overwhelmed or stuck in a rut. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. And no matter where your kids are in life, here's a friendly reminder from a fellow midlife mom that you can't pour from empty. So be sure to grab the Fill Your Cup First guide to start filling you up before you pour out and see the difference it makes in your family relationships. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for our families. Thank you for the calling of motherhood and being a wife or a daughter or a sister, all the different roles you've given us inside of our families. God, help us to remember that our ultimate calling is to be your daughter. And yet you've given us the privilege 
of doing life with our family, no matter how hard some days can be. So God, I pray you'll give us a renewed sense of who we are in you as your daughters, and then how you have loved us so that we can fill up with that love and pour that out into the lives of those around us. And God, as we experience so many changes in our families over these years, I pray that you'll just give us peace. I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to love them well. Thank you that you love us well and have set such a great example of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friend, we'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.